the latest guest on the podcast, second one we've done today, uh, Adam Slack, who, who was actually on the first ever, the first ever podcast we did. In the... <laughs> Can you remember that? Uh, yes, I, I was quite uh, drunk at the time. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> where are you? Where are you at the minute? Uh, I'm currently in LA, in California, uh, and just. But I live here now. I moved here. Well, I, 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 I was met. I had. A, I was back home in Derby for Christmas, and then um, I had a show for New Year's Eve, and uh, well, a couple of shows just before New Year's Eve and New Year's Eve in uh, America, in Nashville and uh, Philadelphia, and um, came over, and then the rest of the guys in the band wanted to move to LA, and my girlfriend lives here. So sorry if it's a bit noisy. It's like construction. So then I. Um, and the rest of the boys wanted to move, and I said, well, I can't not be the only one that doesn't move. So I ended up meant to be going away for like a week at the end of the last year, and now ended up moving here. So I've been here, and then obviously <laughs> coronavirus happened, and so I haven't been home. So I've been here all year, really. Well, well during the, the ones we've been doing, during these we've done 35-odd speaking to different people you may have seen on Instagram, I always have to have the same question, ask the same question to start with. What, what's it like there? Is it is it similar to to how it is in England? From from what you know, are you in lockdown or? Um, yeah, I, well, we, it's been pretty. Everything's been locked down pretty much the same um, since mid March, I think it was. But then uh, everything was start meant to start opening back up uh, this week, but then. Of course, all the protests and riots have been happening in uh, LA, so that's kind of stalled things a bit because of, uh, you know, well, the murder of George Floyd by that uh, police officer. So, yes. Yeah, so that's, you know, understandably put a halt to things. So at the moment, don't really know. There's meant to be a riot, well, a protest. I don't want to call them riots, but kind of have been, but kind of near where I live today. But. Really, uh, no, I've, I, yeah. I've seen you. I've seen on your Instagram today. You've been quite. Yeah, I've seen you put a post up and whatnot. It must be well, difficult to be almost in the midst of with what's happening at the minute. Yeah, well, it's like you know, my girlfriend. She's a singer and musician, and she's got a following and stuff. And she was just like, look, Adam, you know, if you can have any influence over anybody that follows you and the band, to maybe change. Or even question their like belief system, like because you know racism is such a big thing in America still, which shocked me because I've been coming here for five years now, and um, I didn't realise how how like prevalent it still was. So you know, if, I, I just thought, well, you know, because I always get scared about what to say or what not to say, you know. So I just thought, well, at the end of the day, I you know I'm, I'm fully against it, and I might as well put my opinion out there. And it sparked quite a conversation in like the comment thread of. I saw that. Know. I thought I saw a few of the replies when I saw you want to say to one person just unfollow someone that was going yeah. back at you. It's, it's like, but I feel like that sometimes where you feel like if you go back, if you go out and say something, you feel like as a white. Or maybe I'm just talking to myself. Like you're trying too hard to go the other way. Do you know what I mean? Like you're trying a little bit. I don't know because I find it hard to go out and stand there as a white person to say it. Does that make sense? Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. And it's like, but then at the end of the day, I think that's what needs to start happening now, doesn't it? I think, yeah, because 
what what has happened up to this point hasn't worked. So it's like I think we have to, and it's like well, that's what I mean. I say unfollow me because at the end of the day, I don't want anyone that's racist or has any you know negativity towards like you know this Black Lives Matter thing to be a follower of the band. And it's just like you know I don't, I'm not interested. Don't bother coming to a gig. Someone's like I've come to three of your gigs, but I think. <laughs> You know, all lives I wish matter. you hadn't. I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, of course, all lives matter, but those as white people and haven't had the same problem. So it's, yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's like, <laughs> just, yeah. So it, it's just quite, it's quite baffling, really. But um, yeah. So that's yeah, kind of in the midst of it. But um, no, I think I just really hope something positive comes out of all of it. You know. I think it really. <laughs> Compared to like, we'll we'll talk about other stuff in a minute, Darwin, whatnot. But I think compared to other times when similar things have happened, I think this this has really gone global. So I think that there yeah. might be some. I think there might be something off the back of this. Just talking as it, well a journalist, but this has been this has gone a little bit to a different level, hasn't it? So I think there might be something yeah, off the back. It, of this. Yeah, it's, and I think just I think this year in general has been an absolute, you know. Right off, and I think this is added to it. And I think, especially in America, with Donald Trump and everything, and I think it's it's all coming to a, a head now. Like it's been like simmering for long enough, and I think it's just hit boiling point. I think so. Um, yeah. ho- hopefully something. Yeah, hopefully something's good. Good come with this, and it's yeah. Can I can I take you back a little bit, Adam? Because yes. when that well when we when we spoke before I, I only spoke to you briefly because it was me and my former business partner um at the time <laughs> um, oh, former. oh shit. <laughs> oh no no it's, it's a bit of an ongoing joke even anymore it's only a bit of a joke but um i want to take you right back to like derby because like, it's taught derby's podcast so what are your memories growing up are you chardlow lad are you yeah yeah so you grew yeah. up in chardlow mm-hmm. um yeah uh i've grew up in chardlow i've lived there Pretty much my whole life, and then I moved. Um, I went to. Oh no! And, and, and I moved. I moved to Little Over with the band. We all lived as a band in Little Over for, for like, I think, three or four years, like 2010 to 2014, something like that. Yeah, but we've always been. Uh, I've always been, you know, Derby. Um, apart from my support Aston Villa, which I get shit from from all, pretty much every left, right, centre. Um, <laughs> Where did Villa come from? So, right. So this is the, so when <laughs> I, I, my so I, my old band called the Raw. Well, it was my first band, and I'm still best mates with everyone in the band now. Still, we started the band when we were 13. I was I hated football. I was never into it, and you know we used to have band practices on a Sunday, and sometimes like they'd come over Saturday night as well and stay over because I had a garage in, in my parents' house. I had a garage that we used to rehearse in. In Derby, in, uh, in Charlotte, and then um, basically, uh, yeah, they used to watch matches of the day and stuff, and I never was into it, and I was just like, oh, fucking, I hate football, why do I have to watch this? And then one time I just said to them, I was like, right, well, if I'm going to watch this, who should I support? Like, who's the closest one to Derby? Because Derby weren't in the Premier League, and they said it's either Stoke or Villa. And I was like, I think it's got to be Villa, because I prefer, like, the kit. <laughs> <laughs> and Aston Villa sounds kind of cool. 
Because it's yeah. not like Stoke City. Do you know what I mean? Because I was actually yeah. new. I had no, no, no. <laughs> I had no idea what, what football was really. And then, um, and then from there, like I, my my cousin took me to my first game. I was probably like 18 or something like that. And then I got into it, and I was like hooked. And and then I was like, fuck, well, I'm, I can't go back on Villa now because I've, I've I've invested. So, <laughs> definitely, it was a weird one when it was Villa Derby in the uh, Championship playoff final. That was a. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember that game. So, from the raw to the strut, so I have always wondered this genuinely because, like I said to you before, when we spoke before, like, I'm a massive fan of the strut, so I've just been with. Like genuinely, like without bigging you up, and I don't do this. Like I love the struts. So how did you go? Because I've never, I've never known this. So how, how did the struts come about? Um, essentially, I mean, I'll try and do like the fucking cut down version. But um, <laughs> when I was in, when I was in the raw, we went to meet McFly when we were probably fourteen or fifteen. Really? We gave him our CD. Yeah, we gave him our CD. And they ended up like getting in touch with us on MySpace and I mean MySpace that showed how long ago it was. Um, and then they ended up passing it on to their manager, who then became like we weren't like technically managed by him, but he would I'd write songs and I'd send them to him. And, but we'd all uh, me and Nat Nat Webb, who's a producer in Derby, he's amazing. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. a drummer in the Raw. So me and him were like the songwriters, pretty much. And we'd send songs off to Richard, who's the McFly's manager. And then, um, basically, long shorts, shorts there. The short story is that uh, we ended up being three pieces of the raw and called ourselves Small Talk. We had an interest from another management. Um, and it didn't really work out. I was the singer, and I wasn't fancying it. And uh, I said to Richard, the manager, I was like, do you know any singers? And he said he'd just met Luke on... I found Luke on MySpace, who's the singer in the struts, and then I ended up meeting up with him, Nat and Rowan weren't really feeling the music, and they kind of wanted to go to uni, and I was just like, no, I kind of want to do this, and then we kind of amicably parted ways at that point, and then I just started writing songs with Luke, and then we used to gig in Shardlow, like at the Navi and the Milk Shovel and stuff like that, and with Tom, Tom Gent, my cousin, and his band sit with Tim Ridgway, and uh, we used to play covers gigs and stuff like that. And me and Luke would write, and he lived in Devon, and I'd go down to Devon, and he'd come up to Derby. And then, essentially, we ended up playing to a load of labels, just acoustically, the two of us. Because Richard, who's McFly's manager, had, like, all these contacts. So we'd, um, we'd go into these offices and just play for people. And uh, we ended up getting signed uh, by Gary Barlow, funny enough. From Tim what? <laughs> yeah. And then um and then we basically got two of the guys in the band that we found through our management. And then moved into Derby and that lasted about a year and then the record label turned around and said, Look, we don't like the other two in the band, we want to get new members and if you don't we'll drop you which was pretty horrible. So you know, for better for worse, we did it, kicked them out of the band, and then we got Jed and Gethin, who we have now, and uh, we lived in the house for another couple of years, and you know, gigged, and then, you know, to be honest with you, like we were about to split up about five years ago, because we we ended up getting dropped from 
Gary's label got eaten up by Virgin EMI Universal because he hadn't had any success, which meant our album couldn't come out. And then we ended up being signed to Virgin EMI. And then they wanted to drop us, but then our management just had this band called The Vamps, who they'd ended up signing yeah, to Virgin. Yeah. And then they said, if we if you sign The Vamps, you've got to carry on with the struts. And they're like, all right. So they did. And then they, like, they put our album out and then basically said they were going to still drop us. And then uh, I, I went on a quest to find a new manager through friends of friends and ended up coming to America on my own and uh, met the new manager that we have now. So we left our old manager and amicably again and then ended up getting a new record deal in America. And then, I don't know, I've got so many questions. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I didn't, honestly, as a big fan of the Struts, a Derby lad who grew up in Alverston, about three miles from where you're from, I didn't know any of that. So, oh, yeah. first of all, how much, Gary, how much say did Gary Barlow have? Did you ever meet him? Yeah, yeah, we wrote some songs with him and stuff, and he was like, he was a really lovely guy, but the problem was, is that we wanted to be this, like, 70s glam kind of in the modern day like Slade T-Rex you know sweet David Bowie meets like Oasis Libertines kind of thing basically that was like and the Rolling Stones that was kind of like our natural blueprint of what we were doing and it seemed like as soon as we signed it was like I think they really just loved Luke's voice and knew that we were good songwriters and then they were like I think you should do this and then we wrote with Gary and and right, you know, he basically ended up kind of giving us these songs. And it's not, I'm not talking bad about him because he was so lovely. And at the end of the day, he gave us our first shot. And um, but the songs were just like it wasn't us. It was kind of like the Killers meets Take That. And it was like yeah. we went along with it. And then we ended up writing, ended up writing some other people that we wrote like the first album with, pretty much essentially. That was the so they introduced us to them, which was great. And then. By the time our first thing was meant to come out, sorry if it's a bit windy, it, it, it just, you know, we got, Gary said basically like the label's being taken off me, so then it was just like we just got fucking, we were like the unwanted child that got passed around, basically. Well, the, the, the question I was going to ask after was how important is Luke, because Joe, for the time you put a video up, as brilliant it is, you see these like comments, it's like, like Luke, Luke's in the Luke's happening you. Freddie Mercury or the new Mick Jagger, mm. yeah, he is like the star quality. It's just like it's seeping out of him, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and he's like he's a, an amazing, fearless performer and an amazing singer, and you know, it's it is great, and I think uh, yeah, I, I think he's one in one in a million, you know, if I'm honest, and. Yeah. And it's just been, that's what it's been about, you know. And, you know, I'm not like fucking Jimi Hendrix on the guitar, don't get me wrong. I'm like, I get by, but I like to, 
you know, I've been a, a part of every song that we've written, and you know, it's just been like it's been good. I mean, it's been 11 years now since me and him met and started the band, so it's been a long time. It is a long time. It's just frightening, actually, because yeah, time, time is flying. We've only done two albums, <laughs> but we've got a uh, got a lot coming in the next uh, 18 months or so. So that's exciting. Yeah, we'll, we'll come to that towards the end. But I just want to ask you what one thing we spoke about last time I saw you. It was about uh, my love of Green Day. And oh, yes. It was just before you went to the um, music award, MTV Music Awards and yeah. you, you was up just before Green Day. Yeah, yeah, we opened <laughs> up for them. How was that? Oh, mate, it was <laughs> fucking... It was, the gig was, like, kind of strange because, like, no one knew who the fuck we were because, like, we haven't had any... Real like we'd never gone to played in Spain before, so it was like our first gig in Spain. But we're like we we did it right, and then it was just a surreal experience, really. Like you know, they they were my heroes growing up, so ended up like getting to meet them, and I'd, I'd met them before, but I was so drunk I couldn't re- I couldn't really remember it. Um, so like <laughs> this was uh it, yeah, it was just. I kind of like high five myself afterwards, and I was like, "Yeah, fuck it, I can die now. Like, I've done it. Yeah. Completed it." What, no, what, what are they like? What, what are they like? It's lovely. Just the sound. Yeah, yeah, like we, our dressing rooms were opposite each other, and they were going on, and I was like, "Fuck, I'll go over." It's like I was at a school disco trying to talk to a girl, <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck, I can't." And then uh, Billy Joe's wife came over to me, and she's like, "Oh, hey, nice to see you again." I was like, "Fuck," she remembers me meeting them when I was wasted. I was like, Fuck. What, what did I do before? <laughs> I know, and they were like, it's so good to see you again, they're like, do you want to watch the show with us? And all their wives, like, they knew how much of a big Green Day fan I was, I think, because I think I cried when I met them last time, I'm not sure. <laughs> and then um, they took me in, we just watched the show, and then the next day, we're in, like, the European Music Awards, like, there's, like, the backstage bit, where, like, there's, like, a bar and stuff, and they were in there, and I was like, oh, fuck, this is my, I've got, I've got to stay alive. And then Billy's wife comes over and she's like, Billy wants to come say hello. I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, and he just came over and he gave me a hug. And he was like, dude, your band's fucking awesome. Like, love you. Like, you know, it was so good to you open up. And, you know, but all the, you know, it was just amazing. And then, yeah, and the rest of the guys are lovely. And, yeah, it was just a magical experience. <laughs> Oh, mate, that's made me feel a bit, because like, I've got a, a brother who's 10 years older than me, and so I grew up listening to Green Day from, like, literally, from from, du- from Dookie onwards. I was yeah. literally just, like, that's all I knew. Like, I grew up, I've seen, I saw, I went to Old Trafford and saw him into Wembley and seen him. I, I grew up loving Green Day. So even you telling me that I've got a little bit of goosebumps then, like, <laughs> you know, Billy, Billy Joe's walking up to me and all that. But then, yeah, like, but they... My they were covered in yeah. Green Day, like, you know what I mean? So it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! And then Dave Grohl says you're the the your favorite his favorite sport act for the Foo Fighters. Yeah, which is that's yeah, e- that's, that's equally mental, isn't it? It is. It's like <laughs> I remember hearing it's like have you, it was like I think I saw it on Twitter and like <laughs> someone was like see what Dave Grohl said about your band on uh, um, on Radio X or something. And I just watched it, and he was like, yeah, they're the best opening band we've ever had. I was like, what? And I, I knew they liked us, because we did one tour with them, and then at the end, Dave was like, you know, why don't you do the next leg? And we were like, yes. And then we ended up 
we were only meant to do like 12 dates and then we ended up doing like the whole American tour for like a year. So it was like, it was fucking amazing. <laughs> and is it, is it the video that went like viral with uh, Luke and Date, I think? I can't remember what the song was now. I feel dead rude uh, now. They did, um, no, no, they did Under Pressure by Queen. So Under like, Pressure, that was, yeah. Dave was on drums, Taylor sang like the David Bowie bit. And then yeah. Luke sang the Freddie Mercury bit, yeah. They did that, ended up doing that every night. That's, inc- but that's incredible in itself, isn't it? A band that started out yeah. in Shardlow night and then just like, just doing a bit of an encore with like Foo Fighters. Surreal. Oh, <laughs> and then now you're walking down in LA while I'm just, I've just been through a quick walk through Chad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how often do you get back to Derby now? Before Corona, when I didn't live here, I still lived, I lived in Aston on Trent, so like I've just I, I'd tour and then I'd come home, so like every couple of months or so. Um, but obviously now I live here, uh, and v- the virus is still going on. Um, I, I don't know when I'll be home. Hopefully for Christmas, I guess. I, I you know I, I love Derby. Like honestly, so I still want to live there eventually. It's just right now. I don't think my my career is going to progress being in Derby. <laughs> so it was like, exactly, and my girlfriend yeah. lives here, and she doesn't like LA either. But like, she she lives in England, and she loves Derby as well. Like she's been, but um, yeah, I try and get back as much as I can because I'm literally still close with all my friends from school. Like we all hang out every time we come back. Like been mates since we were like 13, whatever. Um, so we all hang out every time we come back and just miss a good fucking pint of Carlin. <laughs> I know. Oh, a good beer over here. <laughs> Mate, do you know what Joe was going to ask you actually off the back of that? First, I was going to say, what, what do you miss most when you're in LA? I miss good beer. I miss pubs. I miss my family. I miss my friends. I just miss the way England looks. I miss rain, if I'm honest. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I, I've never been like a hot weather kind of person. And it's nice, yeah. don't get me wrong. Like it's fucking, what, what is it? It's 28 degrees today. Yeah. And I'm walking down. It's obviously, it's actually not picturesque at all. It's fucking the LA River, which is, yeah, <laughs> not great. Um, but um, yeah, I miss a bit of rain. And, and I just, I just miss home. It's like, you just can't beat a bit of home. And I've never been one of those people that's like, oh, I can't wait to move out of England. I love England. I love everything about it. I love, you know, I just love, love the TV. I love the BBC. <laughs> Fucking, Pretty cool. you know. <laughs> I, I, I've been watching, literally, me and my girlfriend. I know this isn't BBC, it's, it's ITV, but I've watched a disgusting amount of Love Island. Like, I've watched almost every fucking season in this lockdown. There's nothing else to do. <laughs> And it, it just it just reminds me of home. I'm like, oh, English accents. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, all them all them cool points I've been tallying up while you've been saying about meeting Green Day, meeting Dave Grohl, or just cross them all out with Love Island chat. I blamed Tom, my cousin, because I was so against it. He was like, you just got to watch it, mate. It's fucking great. And then, uh, and then I was hooked, mate. And, oh, fucking hell. Yeah. I don't know, that's why I don't go near it, because I know I'll be hooked. I know I'll be hooked. <laughs> we've had, um, I, I, I won't keep you for much longer, mate, but um, we've had a bit of talk at work at, um, over the last few days about the Derby music scene, and we spoke briefly about it in uh, September, I think it was, when, when we last spoke to you. 
And obviously, with what's happened at the minute, like you just mentioned, everyone's a bit under pressure and people are trying to save the Derby music scene a little bit. What do you think, as a musician who's come out of the music scene in Derby and played at most of them venues, probably all of them venues, what do you think, in an ideal world, would would save the Derby music venue or or get it back up there to what to what it was? I honestly, I was just having a conversation with them. Um... You know, I, I'd say he's a mate of mine, but like, I, he was like in a band when I was in the Raw. His name's Josh O'Keefe. He lives in Nashville now. But he texted me the other day, and um, essentially, uh, we were just chatting about the old days when we used to play at the Vic, you know, opposite the train station. And it's like, but I remember I used to be in school, and like, I'd be talking because I went to like a fucking posh boy school, and all my friends went to Chelston, like my my band and stuff. I remember just like. Talking to them when I was at school, like texting and be like, um, let's try and get a gig, like get the Vic. And you couldn't get a gig. It was like, it was, every night was booked up. And it's like, I, and like, you could go down there and it'd be the same people, like at the gigs and stuff like that. And it's just like, I, I honestly, and it, it kills me to say it, but I genuinely don't think that's ever going to happen again. Because, at, what for one, I mean, I'm really, really, really hope I'm wrong, but like, I swear, like bands nowadays, instead of going out and doing local gigs and literally almost paying your mates to come down and watch you, they just they'd rather do like a YouTube video and hope it just goes viral rather than go and play gigs. And I, I don't, I hope I'm wrong, and mm. but that's just what it feels like. And it's like there's nothing left. Like the Vic doesn't really exist anymore. There's the venue, which like. You know, it is what it is. And then, like, but there used to be the Rock House, so that's gone. Uh, I mean, there's the Hairy Dog, again, yeah. which is all right. But I just, I mean, like, I can't remember the last time I heard about a band coming to the I mean, like, like, when I was younger, like, Zebrahead came, and I was like, fuck yeah, like, this American band that come to, like, Derby, used to go see them, and so I just don't see that happening. Everyone just goes to Nottingham, and... Even that, I think, is a bit dark. I mean, at least they've got Rock City and the arena, so you get acts yeah. coming through and stuff like that. But, I mean, for smaller bands, I just don't know. I, 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 like, I always want to be part of the Derby scene, and I'll, I'll promote it every way I can. And I don't want to sound like I'm being pessimistic. Like, I'm, the one reason we moved to Derby as a band was to try and kickstart the music scene again. Mm. Like, but other than, like, I mean, the Dog and Moon's even gone now, isn't it? So yeah. like, I had like the, op- the open mic thing going for it, but that's gone. It used to be Ryan's Bar, St. Peter Street. That, that, I don't know if that open mic's really... That used to be a thing, like, <clears throat> every Wednesday. That's gone, I think. Or it's just not as popping as it used to be. I don't know. It's, it's frightening, because all I want... I just I remember I like, used to have, like, rival bands. And, I don't know, yeah. it's like... People just need to go out and do gigs again. And maybe I'm wrong. Like you tell me. Like I don't know if it's because I'm, I'm a bit older, but I'm not. I'm not probably quite in touch as I was when I was 17 going to gigs. But it's not the same thing anymore. Now the, the last guy, the last band I saw at the Vic was Catfish and the Bottlemen. The last gig I saw at Assembly Rooms was Motorhead. Do you know what I mean? It's like the last. Like, I can't remember the last time I went to a gig in Derby and thought that. Well, I mean, obviously, but. <laughs> Like, I think that we catfish was, catfish at the yeah, yeah, that's six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we went. I thought that was 2014. You opened up for him. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that was like the, the Vic, but that's like the last gig in Derby. I went to a gig and I was buzzing for a gig. In, do you know what I mean? Like you, you yeah. can go, like you can go to like places and see like the Twang, Milk, but bands I've seen before. But like, like you say, there's nothing, there's nothing underlying. There's no underbelly of like something where you think there's there's something bubbling or. Yeah, it's not like a scene. Like it's not like ba- like young bands, like thirteen, fourteen year olds, like going down, slogging their, getting their parents taken to a gig or something, or like. And then they're, yeah. you know, setting up their amps and playing, and like they might be fucking awful, but it's just about the love for playing. Like, <clears throat> there's a video of our first gig at the Vic when I was 13. Oh, terrible! But it was just like, I don't know, just like something about just going out and doing it, which is just so amazing. And I just, yeah, I mean, if I if I make loads of money one day, <laughs> I'm building a venue in Tartu. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, but that's, that's the thing about music lovers. If, if, like, even if you had a venue now and a, a, like four, thirteen-year-old lads got on stage, played awfully, they'd still applaud them off the stage. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because like, it's that, like that, you've got you to encourage it, haven't you? Yeah. Like, I, I, I said to my mum and dad, I was like, "Thank you for like believing in us because like we were, <laughs> we were crap <laughs> in the beginning." Wow. <laughs> well, well, Adam, mate, thank you. I know I've messed you a couple of times. I've probably done your head in trying to get you on, but I really wanted to, no, to no, have a proper chat. No, I wanted to, mate, because like I say, like, Derby's like everything to me, and you know, and it's cool that you're doing the podcast and stuff like that, so I wanted to do it. It's just, you know, and then, I, and then last night, I was like, oh, I should do it tomorrow. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it, yeah, I'll go on a nice yeah. long walk. Oh, mate, yeah, well, it's been brilliant. It's been brilliant. I always ask people this at the end, mate. And it's something. Well, it's normally it's something I think people won't be able to answer, but I think you're gonna have a long answer to it. What's next for you, and what's next for the Struts? Um, so I actually can't say too much about it because I think I'll get not told even, off. But not even, not even to like, the people. Well, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> I, I probably could say that there's definitely music coming this year. We've been. We've been busy uh, since last year, really. But then, yeah, got like a lot of stuff coming up. Um, I think it's some of the best stuff that we've ever done as well, which is exciting. Um, but yeah, obviously no touring. Like, I think we'll yeah, that's fine. ASAP, but like I can't see it happening this side of the year. So um, yeah, we'll be back out touring, hopefully start you know well next year and then definitely new music coming this year and new music next year um yeah uh what else can i say the longer i keep quiet the more you'll come out with so i'm just going to sit here now <laughs> <laughs> um no i i, I can't say because it you know I know, I've been allowed. It's definitely like new stuff coming, like, and it's like coming very soon. And I think it's, I think it's going to be really, 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 really good. Brilliant. Well, I tell you what, mate. If I have my dream, 
Talk Derby to be number one in the iTunes chart. You'll be number one in the charts in the show at Derby Arena. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> <That> was, <isn't laughs> yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Mate. Thank you so much, mate. I really appreciate it. Thank you yeah, for coming. Thank mate. you, mate. No but, I eat a pint of Carlin when you come back. Let me know, mate, and I'll meet you and we'll have a pint of Carlin when you're back in Darbados. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Darbados. Yeah, and it's like, oh, beer, you know, beer garden weather as well, isn't it? And it's like, well, obviously there's a virus, so we can't do that anyway. So that, that's why I'm not too hurt. I'm like, well. Well, I just want to say, cause I, I love, I love a pint of Carlin, but, but even I can't have a pint of Carlin. I live 10 minutes from a pub. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Yeah, well, definitely. We'll have a, we'll have a pint when I'm back. That's all right, we'll have a pint. And uh, the, this, the, uh, the cover of Spy Skills, the video to that, mate, that was probably <laughs> my, the, the best content I've seen during lockdown. So, we'll <laughs> if you've not seen that, go on, go on the social media pages and watch the, the cover. They're all, you're, you're individually isolating, doing it, mate. Brilliant. You're clapping as well in time while on Zoom. Super <laughs> done. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Thank you very much, Adam, mate. All right, cheers, mate.